Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Morning Shift. I'm Jen White. Billy Branch has been playing harmonica since he was a kid. But 50 years ago, the Chicago native returned to his hometown to go to UIC and fell in love with the blues. French dove into the scene headfirst and was soon being mentored by the old masters. Now, all these decades later, he's the master in demand for concerts around the world and educating the next generation of players with his Blues in the Schools program. His latest album was released a few weeks ago. It's called Roots and Branches, the songs of Little Walter. It's a tribute to one of the architects of the Chicago sound, but with the soulful, funky, and even gospel twists fans have come to expect from Billy Branch. And Billy Branch joins us now. Welcome to the program. Thank you. So this all started 50 years ago, August 1969. You were 18. and Actually, was 17. You were 17. Okay. (laughs) And in one day, you saw Willie Dixon's band back up the greatest players of the era in Grant Park. Describe who you saw and what you heard. At that time, I had no idea who or what I was listening to. And I went there just on a whim I think there was a radio advertisement or a newspaper ad about free concert in Grant Park. Well, prior to that, I had absolutely zero knowledge or ex- interaction with blues. Um, so um, it wasn't until afterwards, as a matter of fact, many years afterwards, that I discovered who I was listening to. Who was it? Well, this was arguably the greatest blues festival ever produced in history. I'm I'm named some of the names. There was Coco Taylor, Buddy Guy, Junior Wells, Big Mama Thornton, Bo Diddley, Big Walter Horton, Sleepy John Estes. There was like 40 or 50 gigantic names. And so I had taught myself to play harmonica as a youngster, and I kept in harmonica from age 10 or 11 up until that time. But I was literally completely blown away. Talk about where it hits you. So you, you're at this concert. You don't know who these I people are. I don't know it. But no. at an emotional level, at a, at a visceral level, what did it do to you to hear this music? It was like an awakening. It was like something in me that was there laying dormant, and it just woke it up because... Interesting thing, I mean, why would a 10 or 11-year-old young black kid in Los Angeles pick up a harmonica and continue to have one all the way through high school and going into college? Why? Looking back, I can only come to the conclusion that it was destiny. My baby, don't stand no cheating, my baby. What did you do right after? <laughs> I'll tell you what I did. I ran home because I remembered I had one blues record. 
And the only reason I had it was another instrument of destiny. Because in the old days when they had film to be developed, you could send it off and get like a free record. And uh, I think when I sent the film off, it said check pop, classical, jazz, or other. And I must have checked other. And they sent me this blues record. And when I got it, I said, what is this crap? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how out of it I was. And ironically, you know what that record was? What was it? Eric Clapton and John Mayall and the Blues Breakers. So I run home, put the record on, put on the first track, blow with it, it doesn't work. Put on the second, go through the whole thing, flip the record over. The, I didn't know harmonicas came in different keys. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, the harmonica that I had was a folk-style harmonica, one of those double reeds. But that's where it all kind of began. And that festival being produced by Willie Dixon once again to show you how intensely that day affected me. Seven years later, I became Willie Dixon's harmonica player. And I want to hear the story about how that happened. There was a young lady that worked in the student union in one of the offices. It was an open office, and we'd go by, hey, Sarah, how you doing? Say, And uh, I found out through another friend that she did some accounting work for Willie Dixon. And I'm like, Sarah, you got to hook me up with Willie Dixon. And this went on. I know it was over a year, maybe a couple of years. And so finally I bugged her so much. She said, here's the damn number. You call him yourself. <laughs> And you think I didn't? <laughs> so I, I called Willie, and uh, he said, yeah, come on down to my studio. And Willie was a very uh, non-assuming, very down-to-earth guy, and he welcomed me, and he had the band rehearsing. Well, as it happened, Carrie Bell, Willie's then harmonica player, who I ultimately replaced, was out of town. <laughs> And Willie said, you got a harmonica? And I had one harmonica. And it was a weird key. But it was the right key for that song. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that, just describe this moment. I mean, you're in front of yeah. this blues legend. Yes. Who's saying. Who's one of the architects of the Chicago blues sound. And what is that moment for you as a young man? Well. Pick, saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to play. Well, the moment was, after I rehearsed it, he told me exactly what to play on the solo. And I did. And he said, well, you know where Chess Studios is, don't you? I said, no, not exactly. And he told me, well, meet there tomorrow. And my first recording session, and I made all of $40. I didn't care if I had to pay him. I said, I'm on a record. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah. Well, you worked with him for, for six years. What were the most important things you learned about from Willie Dixon, about being a musician, about being a performer? Willie helped me develop a more comprehensive understanding and appreciation for the blues. Willie was a great philosopher, a very deep thinker. He wasn't the typical entertainer that just was out there for show. He, he literally ate, slept, talked blues. And he was acutely aware of the blues, its role in not only the American musical scene, but the global scene, and that its role as an integral cornerstone of African-American culture. I absorbed that. Uh, He was very proud that African-Americans created this music. At one point, Willie Dixon sent a mimeographed, at the time, letter to every member of Congress and to the FCC stating that there was a conspiracy to keep the blues off the radio. His explanation for this letter to Congress and the FCC was that if it becomes known that my culture is just as rich or richer than your culture, then what basis do I have to put you down? So he made the correlation that by not playing the blues, you're denying uh, an access to a people's culture and therefore able to more effectively discriminate against them. What happened after he sent that letter? Nothing. (laughs) Unfortunately, even to this day, the blues is still very marginalized. But the fact that he was astute and had that much insight uh, was a testament to his uh, brilliance. Now I love you, love you, baby. You know that's a crying shame. We're talking to Billy Branch. His new album with his band Sons of Blues is called Roots and Branches, The Songs of Little Walter. It's coming from Chicago's Alligator Records. And you can catch them live at Buddy Guy's Legends next Saturday, August 17th. I want to talk about the new album, Roots and Branches. And for those who don't know, who was Little Walter Jacobs? Little Walter Jacobs was the greatest blues harmonica player who ever lived. He also was kind of the archetype for the Chicago blues harmonica sound. He may not have been the very first person to do this. He certainly was the guy that perfected the use of a cheap microphone going through an electric amplifier, uh, achieving an overdriven effect and utilizing feedback. Little Walter in my travels, and I tell you, even in China, in the Andes Mountains (laughs) of Ecuador, they're trying to play like Little Walter. He He's probably the most influential harmonica player of any genre. And his mastery of the instrument 
it, it, it just defied logic. It, it was crazy, some of the stuff that he did. So you decide that you're going to do an album um, yes. of songs either written or performed, made famous by Little Walter. Yes. <laughs> How do you even start to tackle that and do honor to the work he's done, but also make it your own? That was a challenge. You're, you're exactly right. How do you adequately reproduce these songs and then make it our own? And it was kind of like a, a hope and a prayer. To be honest, I was a little reluctant to do this at first. And I got to give credit to my wife, Rosa, because I said, well, you know, it, there's been so many tribute to Little Walter's album. She said, yeah, but Little Walter's daughter, Marion, is going to be on this. And it's the 50th anniversary of his passing, and you're the guy that can do this. I thought, okay, all right. And so as we practiced it with my band, it started taking on a life of its own, and ideas started happening, and the song started morphing into what what you hear on the CD. I want to hear a little bit more about your work, taking up the challenge of, of working with the next generation uh, through your Blues in the Schools program. Tell us about that. Um, I started doing Blues in Schools in 1978, almost as long as I've been playing professionally. And uh, I've done this throughout the world. Last year in Ecuador, Andes Mountains, I'm teaching my classes in Spanish. And I've done it in uh, Jalapa, Veracruz, Mexico. Done some workshops in Japan, Canada. We used to open up the Chicago Blues Festival with a group of children from Rockwell Gardens Projects. I still have students from my very first residency that now have grandchildren that come to my shows. And that makes me feel that I succeeded And I have a few that went on to become professional musicians. But the main thing was that they got it. I'll run into, they'll say something like, Mr. Branch, my sister still plays her harmonica. We're talking about 1978. I think the inspiration was in part from my association with Willie Dixon as well. Because once I discovered the blues and discovered the depth of it, I felt like, Everybody needs to know about this. The blues, in my estimation, is the most powerful music on the planet because it's the universal. You can't say, I have the jazz, I got the hip-hop. Everybody has struggles and problems. Everyone can relate to that simple. You know, it just makes you bob your head. Yeah. Billy Branch and the Sons of Blues, their new album on Chicago's Alligator Records is called Roots and Branches, the songs of Little Walter. You can catch them live at Buddy Guy's Legends next Saturday, August 17th. Billy Branch, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Blues with a feeling 
Thanks for listening to the show. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a rating. It helps other people find us. Another great way to get in touch is by leaving us a voicemail. You can give us a call with any feedback you have. Leave us a message at 888-915-9945. That's 888-915-9945. I'm Jen White. Let's talk again soon.
If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerd App wherever you get your podcasts.